this week on Invasion of the Podcast, Amanda Waller forces us to talk about Suicide Squad. We get all wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. And real jobs for fake people. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul. Fish fingers and custard, Stedman. And to my left, as always, is Joe Exterminate Peters. Because <laughs> I figured, you know, if there's one thing out there that Joe wants to do, it's destroy all life. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, I would probably make a good Dalek. Yeah. You just wouldn't care. You're like, could I get a plunger hand and a laser? Yeah. That, that's, that's something we'll talk about later. Okay. Like, so um, a lot to talk about. Uh, so let's just, you know, we're going to start, we're going to start the day off right. We're, let's see how this goes. everyone good news paul is one for three on the buttons this year well this is what episode what 38 so <laughs> i'm one for 37 oh i was just trying i was trying to be nice and give you 2016 <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i feel so I, like that monkey's off my back now that's amazing i uh, told you it would, it would work better if you did. yeah if i just changed the grip a little bit yeah, yeah that's uh, that's not out of context at all um so some we we talked about this. We've talked about the idea of movie trailers and judging movie trailers um, previously. And I know it's kind of sometimes it's not fair, but when that's all they give you, it's that's it's what you want to talk about. So, well, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of times when movie trailers launch out, it becomes a big topic across the Internet and, you know, work talk and, and you know, whenever with your friends. It always did you see did you see the new trailer, did you see the new trailer. Yeah, because, you know. They generate the hype for the movie that you're going to go see. Absolutely. And so um, was it yesterday? It was yesterday or the day before? I think uh, it was like two days ago. Yeah, uh, I'll say it was like on Wednesday or Tuesday. And if you guys don't know me, I'm sure if you are listening to the show, you're probably, I've already seen it like seven times. Or like our friend, one of our friends has probably just had it on a loop the entire time. Uh-huh. Um, and Joe is completely enamored with it. That's why he's not not yawning. Uh, Suicide Squad trailer. <laughs> It's more of an exhaustion and be like, I just didn't sleep. I watched it. It's only like two minutes long, but I gave I up make, four man, hours of my that, sleep. That middle part, just uh, the drug. A drug. Yeah. Wow. And Queen. <laughs> wow. So, um, yeah, two and a half minutes. Mainly you hear Bohemian Rhapsody and you see a lot of the movie. And I, it actually, this is the first DC movie product that I've actually seen that's trying to be fun. Mm-hmm. And I mean, of the newer like echelon like i know green lantern tried that but that's not what they're really considering part of this really green lantern was supposed to be fun well i mean it's like like you know, yeah right I, there's that ryan reynolds guy you know that, really um, confused about that, green lantern right that, now. that that green that green deadpool guy yeah I'm really confused <laughs> um he made a he made a damn race car okay <laughs> he did he, he did he tried he tried making toys yeah. with the ring that can make whatever you want so he made toys yeah uh so yeah suicide squad it looks like it's going to be I, I don't know if it's because the music's upbeat and... The music um, helped it a lot. So my but question I, to you, though, is do you think Wayne and Garth are going to be part of the Suicide Squad? They should be. Yeah. Yeah. The Mirthmobile just shows up. That's the what Mirthmobile. you see. That was the Mirthmobile. That wasn't the Joker's car. <laughs> 
and Garth shows up with the the whole the dispenser of um, Twizzlers. Twizzlers, yeah, for everybody. Yep. <laughs> um, no, I, I thought it was a lot better, and I gotta say, I'm more excited about Suicide Squad. I was before this, yeah, for Suicide Squad than I was Batman vs Superman, um, because like I wanted to see the Rogues Gallery movie and and have them do fun with it. But I wasn't impressed with the first Suicide Squad trailer, but this one actually redeemed it. Um, it was a lot better, a lot more action, uh, a lot more, uh, give you a little bit more, uh, of the characters that you're going to kind of get to know. So, well, the first trailer also used the song too, but it was a cover of, uh, oh, I forget what it was. It was a Nirvana song and it wasn't a Nirvana song, but it was a very somber. It was a somber cover of yeah. a song. I don't remember. And it was more like Harley Quinn and herself. And so you could definitely yeah. tell they were early in their production. They didn't have as many finished shots. So they're trying to give you a tonal thing. This one feels like, hey, we've gotten some action rendered. Let's show you that. It looks a lot of fun. And let's show you Killer Croc. He looks, she looks menacing and not just a dude standing around in tennis shoes in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm kind of interested. Like it's, it's it's funny seeing Will Smith in a trailer without him having a good Will Smith one-liner. Like I was waiting for something, and it really yeah. wasn't a whole lot there. He um, looked pretty good as Deadshot. Like I liked, I liked the guy that they got to – well, I kind of like the guy they got to play Floyd Lawton on Arrow. But um, he got better as he went along. They gave him more to do. As they gave him more to do, he got a lot better. Um, But like, I like that they gave him the handguns—not the the pistols, but like Mm -hmm. you know, he's got the wrist. Oh, yeah, yeah. the wrist mounted guns, and of course the mask with the targeting thing. But um, it looked good. Um, Harley Quinn—they gave you a few snippets of her. Um, That's going to be like really the—I don't want to say the make or break of it, but I mean, I think she's a lot of people are getting sold on her to go see it. Because she's such a huge fan favorite. And of other than the Joker, which oddly enough, there's a lot of him in this trailer, which makes me wonder how how big he is in the movie. And then it's like, and if he's not going to be that big in the movie, they're kind of pushing that aspect maybe a bit much. Well, like um, even, well, with the Suicide Squad, with Harley Quinn being on Suicide Squad, anytime she's kind of there... I think he tends to follow suit because those two are like magnets. Like you well, can't, I, I agree. even though they fight and he kill tries to kill her a lot. It's just like they always end up back together. So. I mean, do you get the feeling that maybe he's the target of them? Uh, I could see that. I would. I would think it would be better if he kind of like shows up as like a chaotic element because he is like he has if, his own agenda. Like he has yeah. his own agenda, and then at that same time, it's like, oh look, Harley's here. I'm gonna go mess with all her friends and him. Okay, you know, <laughs> oh, you having a girls' night out? Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna mess with that all up. Your little buddies, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I, yeah, it looks like it could be fun. Jared Leto, like the more I keep seeing him as the Joker, like mm-hmm. I'm kind of on board for it. The teeth are weird, but the performance looks like it the, looks like it's going to be solid. Yeah, um, yeah, Harley Quinn. I think she's going to be like she is going to be the make or break it, like because she is the most known quantity out. Like if you don't know comics, but you do know who she is, it seems like that's the big thing now. Like I mean, other than the Joker, and you know, like everyone knows his two characters. No, she's not as many people know the rest of them. To me, she's the she's the Deadpool of the DC universe in terms of like fan favorite, uh, like wild card character. Cause, yeah, because if you look at like probably the last like maybe I want to say. I don't want to say 10 years. I want to say like six, seven years of comics. Um, those two characters have woven themselves into more of the DC universe and Marvel universe than any other kind of character. Like Deadpool's crossed over into a lot of other stuff. He's always like a great comedic relief. Mm-hmm. And like even Harley Quinn, like Harley Quinn's book, 
um, and and other stuff. They they have her teaming up with people like Power Girl and Poison Ivy and Supergirl, and they always do kind of like a team up, even though she's kind of like an anti-hero villain. Yeah, you know. So and it, they both wear red and black leather. Yeah, and they both are kind of potty mouths. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's yeah, you're right. It does feel like that. The two of them got together in a crossover. It, it would. Somebody would have to do it justice, but I think it would be amazing. I think the world would end as we know it. Yeah. That would be, that would be awesome. <laughs> I would look forward to that. So uh, the trailer looks good. I, I told Joe, though, before that we started recording that it feels like DC's cribbing a little bit from Marvel's playbook, which finally they should. They absolutely should. It's not a bad thing. You know, you brought up that, like, you know, the... It's a, it's a Rose Gallery trailer. It's supposed to be fun with a classic rock song. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, did we see that two years ago? And, and you're like, oh, yeah, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Guardians like, of the Galaxy pulled that off. And, and, like, DC can pull that off, too. That's fine. You know, if they want to re-engineer that, I hope it works for them. They need to get steam going with that. Yeah, and well, I think that, and not to, to go too far on with this, but I think that having a familiar, recognizable element helps sell the more bizarre like I feel like having hooked on a feeling with the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, when you see a, a, like a living tree with a, a you know a trash talking squirrel with a gun, squirrel sorry raccoon with a gun. Um, I don't want any of the, the squirrel people writing in angry at <laughs> me that I misidentified that or the raccoon people. Um, it, it's like that's a very odd thing that you have to be on board for. It, but you hear something that you're familiar with that's kind of fun, you kind of get in that mindset. And then also the movie with the whole soundtrack, it got you in that mindset of like yeah. like what's accepted and comfortable but you're seeing these surreal images. And I think that having, I mean, Queen, like, like you, you'd almost, I mean, you'd have to imagine that like Harley Quinn is a Freddie Mercury fan. Like mm-hmm. there has to be no doubt. Right. So like that would be, it fits. It does fit. It's, I, I would not have, if you would ask me a week before if there's a new trailer coming, I, that would, I've not guessed that in forever. That's the route they're going to go with it. Yeah. So I, I, so far so good. I'm sure there's going to be another trailer closer to release. They'll probably throw in another one, probably in front of Batman, Superman, Something they probably want to push a lot of their projects as well. Yeah, they, I'm sure they'll probably put another trailer out. The final trailer will probably be closer to the, like the either the end of the spring or like the beginning of the summer. Yeah, um, so. and then I know also there was I know it's out there. I didn't see it, but there's like Wonder Woman test footage now or not yeah, test footage, saw, but initial. I saw the fush, the footage. Yeah, yeah. it looked kind of cool. Um, I gotta wait and see like how uh, Gal Gadot plays. Uh, you know, so. I'm okay with them doing the, like the Captain America thing by giving her her own past story to bring her in. Yeah. Like, but I just feel like it's kind of weird that we're seeing her and then seeing her story, but whatever. Anyway, um, enough about that. Another talk about another movie. This one's going to make uh, Joe all sad. No! I was going to press that button anyway. So, but uh, Star Wars Episode Eight, um, the Force Delayed, is now it's. Uh, you know, it was going to have a summer release, uh, but it's now being pushed out till December 2017. I don't think it's delayed. I think they want it in that, that time slot now. You know what I mean? Not time slot, but like... They, they, you think they're going to be well, the Christmas Yeah, movie? it's going to be the Christmas thing, because I think Rogue One is coming out uh, during Christmas. Yeah. And and if you think about it, the way that Disney... Disney's staggering that, because they're going to give the summer to the superheroes, and then they're going to finish quarter four with Star Wars. Yeah, because it feels like they always have like an early Marvel release... And then somewhere in the late summer, fall, because yeah. I know Doctor Strange is coming in like the fall. Like we're yeah. talking like closer to like Halloween, like 2018. I think that's when Infinity War is coming out. And yeah, like that's to a have big Star year. Wars open up in the summer with Infinity War, that would be crazy. That'd be putting all your eggs in one basket. So that's probably why they pushed. it I back. just think it's just going to be one big crossover. You just don't know yet. Star Wars, yeah. It's going to be you know you, it's out you, in space. You fight a big bad guy. You find out, yeah. Thanos and Vader get together. They just, they're like, hey, you cool have a cool hat. He's like, you have a cool hat too. Yeah. They, they just get together, you know. Like so, um, yeah. I just, 
I, I agree with you that I, like, it makes sense, but I also don't like the idea that when there's one particular type of movie that owns, that owns a certain holiday, I don't really care for that. Like, uh, I don't want Christmas to always be Star Wars, but it seemed like forever there it was Christmas was Lord of the Rings. Like, it was, yeah. it was, and so, and well, Star Wars was always May too. Yeah, it always opened in May. And then also, I know, like, and it, I know it's kind of the same thing, but like, no one would open a movie on Halloween because Saw supposedly owned those weekends, and that was very frustrating. That it's like, give me more horror, not just that. Like, but that seemed like everyone's backed away because yeah, you they, think they, somebody as as like a creative from a creative point of view. Or even like a studio's money making point of view, that they would want to throw something up against that and be like, "Let's take that record away for Halloween." Yeah, and it was like, and it was seven years in a row though. Like nothing really opened against it, and it was because remember, and again, not to get off traffic, off topic, not off traffic. Um, the the Rob Zombie remake of Halloween that came out in September, like it's just your movie's called Halloween. Yeah, like it'd no be cool sense. if you maybe put it out around Halloween, you right. know. But uh, anyway. So I know Joe said that he has to wait another additional months for episode eight, but Rogue One's coming, and then you'll have that, and you'll have other Star Wars, I'm sure. Yeah. So, but don't worry, we'll have more Star Wars to talk about probably next week, and the week after that, and the week after that, and so on and so on. Um, we There's a new trailer put out for, uh, speaking of trailers, but now video games, Far Cry Primal. We decided to check that out, and it is looks awesome, intimidating, and... Uh, it's set in like a prehistoric Cro-Magnon, not Cro-Magnon, but like caveman times. Yeah. Yeah. Very tribal. Um, and like if you've, I think that, I think that's, that game's going to be, it's going to explode like every other Far Cry game because those games always look so beautiful, especially if you play them on a PC. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, the island, to go and explore the island is, is, is an adventure in itself, not just the storyline and where you go and do stuff. Well, it fits in what we talked about last week with the open world games. Like this is yeah. a sandbox. It's not necessarily open world, but it tries to give you a lot of that same feel to it. But I like that the era that they decide to write it in and do a game, an adventure in that, that fantasy setting of like cavemen, never really been done before. I mean, there's not necessarily, I don't think there were any dinosaurs in the trailer, but there's, there's saber tooth tigers. um, There's There's mammoths and you know, there's dog, there's, there's giant wolves, but it it definitely has a very tribal feel to it. And like the title is primal, you know? Yeah. And uh, and you saw like, it looks like some like, uh, uh, ceremonial things like uh, like bloodletting. It looks like it's going to have like a mystical, It'll possibly like a like that kind of doctors, yeah, and stuff kind of like feel that. to it. Yeah, it looked really cool. Like I I played Far Cry two and I played a little bit of Far Cry three. Um, great games. Um, like in terms of like open worldness, like it was a lot of fun to run around those islands and just do stuff. And it was just like uh, the third one. The characters were were really well flushed out. I didn't I didn't finish it, but like there was there was the one I can't remember his name. The the main antagonist, he was a really popular character. Did you did you play Blood Dragon at all? No, but I, I saw that. Too. Yeah, the eighties retro total neon. Yeah, you know, it had freaking um. Oh, what's his face be the voice of the main guy? Um, <laughs> when I say what's his face, I mean you know um, Kyle Reese. <laughs> oh, Michael Bean. <laughs> yes. Why can't I? I love Michael Bean. Why did I blank on that? But yeah. he was like the main guy. It looked like it looks like a trapper keeper come to life. Like I really, really <laughs> should play that game. It looks awesome. So I'm excited because like Far Cry, like they like um, Game Informer had an article about um, the previous one, which was set in like the Himalayas. Kind of. They didn't yeah. say it was. That was a like, fictional place, but it was the Himalayas. And they said that like as as a title, they weren't really sure what it meant. Like, because the first two were set in, like, a jungle setting. Yeah. And then it kind of, like, the third one was set, I want to say, like, the African Plains type of thing. And it's, like, they were they didn't really have an identity. So they're kind of now going more with, we're going to keep doing, like, 
sandbox adventures, but also make it action oriented, but take it in different directions. And I think that's the interesting way to have that identity of always being like, you're going to be thrown in the thick of things as opposed to always has to be an island. I think that's, I think it's an interesting approach. So that way you keep it fresh and you can change the the circumstances every time without having to stick to a main character. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's always a different character, main character. Yeah. So um, that's exciting. The, 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 the trailer is up now. Um, certainly check it out. I uh, check it out. It's, it's probably the most violent Flintstones thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Like there was a bit where someone had um, a little, a little vacuum cleaner that was definitely a smaller mammoth out there cleaning up the battlefield. It was and it crazy. Was just blood everywhere. <laughs> and the mammoth was like, I, boy, you thought your job was bad. And then it was like, yeah, I, um, I was hoping that then like someone should recut that trailer, but do the sound of the Flintstone feet with a drive around the cars. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that, like whatever that noise is, that'd be amazing. Oh my goodness. Um, that's, I would love that. Uh, so the last story here, I didn't tell Joe about this. He may, you may have already seen this in the news, but, uh, this week on Jeopardy, did you see this story about yeah. uh, that? So it was the final Jeopardy question. All three people got it wrong, but they all bet their own, like their entire amount of money. So all yeah. three hit the zero. And so like, if you got to find the audio, like Trebek's kind of like, he's not laughing, but he's just like, Oh, well, no one won. So next next game, there's going to be three new contestants. Good night, everybody. Like he didn't he didn't even like kind of congratulate like say goodbye to the previous champions. It was just like, <laughs> all right, we're done. I'm disgusted with you as people. How dare you do this to my show? Like none of you could even win one dollar. Like so, uh, and I was looking it up. This is only the sixth time since Jeopardy has been around where that's happened. Wow. And that's I don't know. I thought that was funny that like it, it's a show where it's like guys, by the way, guys, we just spent a half hour and no one literally won any money. That's that's pretty great. So you think he should celebrate? Yeah, he's like, like the producer would be like, "Yes, no prize money." It's like you get a bonus. This is the sixth yeah. time this has happened, Alex. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just I thought that was funny because like I I don't know about you, but I'll I'll sometimes go on YouTube and people will do compilations of like game show fails, mm-hmm. and I cannot help it. Like I will watch that for a long time, and it's something about it makes me laugh so hard because people freak out in the moment and say some of the dumbest things, and I enjoy doing that. I don't know if you've ever looked up no, some of I've those; they're they're pretty up. great. Uh, the dating game ones are really, really funny. And like Family Feud. Like oh, I've seen a, actually, I've seen a few of the dating game ones. Yeah, yeah. actually, now that you say it, I have seen a few. Yeah, so uh, I, I just thought that was just something funny to mention because we do pop culture, and I'm sure, I'm sure Jeopardy falls in there somewhere, right? Yeah. So one day I hope to be a Jeopardy question. That would be <laughs> that'd be amazing. Um, so, all right. Uh, yeah, that's uh, we had a little – I don't know. We That was pretty fast news for, for us. Like we didn't spend forever on news. I know. Uh, yeah, I just – I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with us, but now we'll move on to this. And now for our feature presentation. So um, tonight, as we're recording, Legends of Tomorrow is premiering on CW. And I thought it would be appropriate because not only have we talked a lot about that show, uh, Flash and Arrow, and I want to be happy because now that TV season's kind of starting back up again to get caught up on everything. But in the lull of the TV thing, and I know I had made this, uh, my resolution for this year was to get caught up on, um, on, the, on the Doctor Who's. So I'll just play this real quick in honor of the Doctors. I will not sing along with it. I promise that won't happen. Yeah, you don't know. Paul has the lyrics to the Doctor Who I do have the Doctor Who. Yeah. Wait wait for it. I'll I'll just sing it right now. Doctor Who. (laughs) That's all the words. That's all. That's that's pretty great words. Um, I copyrighted that. You cannot have it. So um, I... Like I had watched um, when I when I made the the, the declaration that I was going to get into more Doctor Who this year. Um, at that point, I had already watched 
um, I want to say all through David Tennant. So um, to kind of give a little context, if people don't know Doctor Who, it is an ongoing British series that's been around since like 63, I think. Um, it's been like not only here for 50 years cause there was definitely a gap, but it's yeah. been around like for a long time and it ran for a long time before the initial run stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, and now like it's still popular, like season nine, I think it was eight or nine of the new series just wrapped up. I think it was nine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Nine. Yeah. So, um, so it's still going strong. The guy who runs the show, Stephen Moffat, who, uh, also is the showrunner for Sherlock, uh, he, they've been locked up through 2020, so there's going to be more still come. Um, it is a very unique show. I can't think of anything else like it on TV. I mean, there's stuff that's kind of imitated it. There has. There's a lot of things that have been influenced by Doctor Who. Even like, um, even in passing with like like jokes, like uh, we always talk about Community. Um, in uh, on Community, there's a, a, a the character Abed's character loves Inspector Spacetime. With Constable with, Reggie, as with the Constable com- Reggie is the companion, <laughs> which is which is literally a spinoff of Doctor Who in terms of like Dan Harmon saying, you know, he probably liked Doctor Who, and you can even see it reflected in in Dan Harmon's Rick and Morty series. I mean, if you listen to the intro music; it's very similar, you yep. know. Like, uh, but like, so Doctor Who, I, like, so I kind of fell into this um <clears throat> this wormhole. Like, so <laughs> I, I had some time off recently. Um, our, the, the dog that I live with had a cone around its neck, so I was like, I was dog sitting for a bit, so I had to watch this dog, make sure she didn't do anything silly. I ended up just couch locking myself for like four days and just watched nothing but Doctor Who to the point to where, have you ever done something so much to where you feel exhausted doing it, but then you go to bed and dream about it? That's kind of what was going on with me. Like, I, wow. I'm, I'm a grown adult. I shouldn't be having <laughs> Doctor Who dreams, but it definitely happened. Not like, you know, oh, they're so dreamy. It's just more like, this won't leave my head. Like, I was just kind of having... Well, like, you expose yourself to it over four days. Yeah, yeah it was a bit much. I, you know, sometimes I do that if I play a video game too much, I end yeah, up like, yeah. it gets in my head. So, but yeah. Do- Doctor Who's interesting. Like, I, when did I get hip to it? I got hip to it. Uh, Ooh, hip to it. It was... Um, it's what the kids are into. Yeah. No, it was... I, w- I want to say it was back in 2003. Yeah, because you, I remember like even when we're doing started the show 20, here, 2012, 2013, something like that. You were rocking it, some it, of the shirts and it everything. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like um, I have a I have a Doctor Who shooter I like really like. It wasn't. It's kind of subtle because it's like it's like a space. It looks like space if you don't look at it close, but you can kind of see an outline of the TARDIS in it, and then there's some Gallifreyan runes. Yeah, but um, the uh, uh, I don't know why I decided to watch it. I think it just popped up on Netflix one day, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a spin because it's a pretty big, you know, pop culture thing. And it was right on the cusp of like when Matt Smith took over, okay. so it kind of had that, you know, America started to get jazzed up by it because like the Tenant Run was 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 big, but it wasn't like it didn't blow up as much as like I think Matt. Well, so I think there's something to point out there. So just to to get caught up here real quick. So people don't know, probably do know, this is a character that you know is an alien from a different world, travels around this this time machine, but looks like a police box. Um, And then every so often, actors are like either. Like what I think the first one was about near death, so that's why they kicked over the right. idea of regeneration. But every so often everyone's like, you know what? I'm done playing this part. The character will quote unquote regenerate into a new person, new personality, but still have some of the core 
what makes them them. It's yeah. just kind of like they remember what they've done in the past, but they definitely have a different set of likes, dislikes, just quirks. Yeah. And like I said, nothing else like that on TV, really. Yeah. Uh, that'd be like watching Magnum, but then it goes from Tom Selleck to somebody else. It's yeah. like, I'm Magnum as well. It's like, like, how's this guy Magnum? Like, now? It's like, Tom yeah. Selleck, now I can go away and steal water and come and back. I've, I've, I've often joked about the cycle of Doctor Who. Like, whenever there's like a new Doctor, um, like it starts with, who's this guy? He's not the Doctor. And then the next phase is, he's kind of growing on me. And then the third phase is, it's like, oh my God, I love this guy. And then the fourth phase is, oh don't no. Leave, don't leave. Yeah, don't leave, don't die, don't regenerate. And then the cycle starts all over again. Like, who's yeah. this guy? What's he doing here? And that's kind of, uh, Capaldi is kind of in the, I can kind of like this, get into this doctor. So I think next season is going to be Capaldi's phase three, where it's like, everybody's like, I love this doctor. Yeah, well, there's rumors that, so there's rumors that he's going to leave after this season, too. So oh, I don't, really? yeah. That's, Maybe that's, he won't get phase three. Well, I mean, he's he, he's going to be around for three seasons, just like the previous two doctors. Um, so, and that's, that's an interesting thing too. So like what, how I kind of got into it is cause my, my girlfriend, uh, she loves Dr. Who. Um, and I've always grown up with like the, the meat and potatoes, uh, sci-fi, which is like, you got your Star Trek, got your Star Wars, and then you got me turned on to the reboot of Battlestar. Like I can't yeah. watch original Battlestar. I can't see those tin cans falling down and Lauren Green and yeah. all that I, stuff. I don't know how I got, I, I fell into Battlestar, but I remember when but, I did fall into it, it was a hard fall. And I was like, I need to watch all two seasons in two days. Yeah, like, and yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but those feel like those are very much like American creations, right? Like yeah. U.S. Like uh, even though I know the newest Battlestar was co-financed by BBC, um, but it was very much Glenn Larson made it, you know, and which that ties into something later I was going to bring up. But and those all feel like very like. So, is there? I guess that's the one question I want to ask you before we go a little too further. Is there any other other country imports? Like, not necessarily TV because, I mean, it's growing now with, like, Netflix, Hulu. You can check out other shows from, like, other parts of the world and get addicted because they're there to binge now. But is there any other imports, like, sci-fi-wise or, like, action-wise that people are like, you got to check this out? I mean, it just, it just seems like, in terms of science fiction, I can't really think of something. No. I mean, even, well, I mean, Sherlock, but that's, all, that's in the same wheelhouse because Stephen yeah. Moffat. But Sherlock is another one. Like, like um, uh, my girlfriend, she can't stand Doctor Who. Um, but she she loves Sherlock. Yeah, well, that's supposed to be a little more grounded in it is reality, more grounded right? in reality. But it's the same same you know the same writers and like you know what was funny I didn't know that um the guy you watched Sherlock haven't you No. Oh okay never mind. I mean I'll probably end up getting stuck on a couch here soon and watching all of it. It won't be too hard because there's <laughs> each season is only like three up three. And parts, I, I so saw the running times are each like a movie. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. a little movie, but they're 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 definitely worth it. Uh, um, but. Uh, with Doctor Who, the funny thing with Doctor Who that I always thought was like I would always like whenever I share something like when I got Paul, you know, hooked on the Battlestar, you know, it's usually like a slow, like check it out, okay, I'll check it out, and then they get hooked. I've tried to get so many people interested in Doctor Who, but they're kind of just like, eh, I, I don't know, I can't hold on to it because like the first seasons with uh christopher eccleston uh, yeah um yeah they, that's the production quality isn't the best yeah it's tough because i think that was like 2002 yeah i mean it was a little well you're right so it's a little while ago and, and, and so like i was talking about how i kind of fell down this hole right so um watching the new stuff like i said i'd been kind of like watching i'd watched the whole eccleston season so he was the 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 ninth doctor um and then that gave way to Tennant, who was the 10th doctor and he was there for three seasons and then matt smith is is he the 
no, he's the he's the eleventh. He's White, the eleventh. Yeah. yeah. And then now uh, Peter Capaldi is the current Doctor. Yeah. Um, and that's what you consider like the modern like reincarnation of Doctor Who, the modern regeneration of Doctor Who, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I started reading all about like how the show got started and then how. Um, just in terms of like its success. But I remember that like I knew about Doctor Who growing up, but I always remembered it being like a late night PBS thing and just the sets and the production design and the music. I just immediately was turned off to it. Like I can, I can still watch all Star Trek and realize it doesn't age very well. Yeah. But something about that, it might just be my sensibilities well, of like what I liked growing up, but original Doctor Who, the soundtrack is odd. It's like, and plus also just the way, um, British TV looked different to us because of broadcast differences. There is it, broadcast differences. Yeah, so. and, and it, they, they also used a lot of videotape for stuff too, and it looked really it looked cheap because it was cheap. Oh, yeah, but then people it, were just all about the writing and the characters. It, that's what, but, but that's the thing that grabs you. I mean, you you and I try to explain that to people. And be like, man, I can't watch this. This looks really like bad and campy because because some of the special effects. I mean. It's not like it's not like you're watching The Flash, where you know yeah. they have tons of budget to make like King Shark or Gorilla Grodd, and and instead you've got like these people and and some of these weird prosthetic costumes, and it kind of can look kind of kind of campy, but like the writing is good. Like you know they'll either hit on such a like like a like of course a good a good clever note. There's there's a lot of cleverness in it. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of clever humor. Um, and you know, they do kind of pull on the heartstrings a little bit. There's usually some tenderness that happens. And so they, they give you a great package and they, they give you a character, you know, that you, you always want to root for that you're, that, you know, Dr. Who is a British superhero. You know, he's a very, I mean, you know, you think of Superman and Batman and Spider-Man, but I mean, Dr. Who is a great British superhero. Yeah. So. I mean, he always has a way out, right? Even yeah. when he doesn't have a way out, he comes he, up with he a way always, out. He's always there. You always know he's going to save the day. And in a sense, it is kind of like Superman. And it's funny how we always talk about how, like, oh, I don't like Superman. He can't lose. The doctor is the same way. Like, I, you basically sit there and you wait for the doctor to figure out how to solve the problem. And so, but the thing is, so that's a, like, I guess um, we should qualify as well that he's a guy that's been around for now, that's point two thousand years. He's seen some shit. Like, that's just like, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. really what comes down to um, this big, big fight. Like, he basically was like, oh, my home people, the, the Gallifreyans, and also these other bad guys that could also, like, mess with time. I'm going to wipe you all out at once because. I just can't have you fight anymore because it's going to destroy the universe. So he's known he's had to carry with him. I've ended two races like, and it's like, and that follows him through his own journeys mm-hmm. and he's the last of his kind and, and all of this. So you get that kind of haunted, like I, you know, I am the last of me, but I also have this responsibility to try to do right. And also I am lonely. So I'll just randomly pick up American, not American. I'll pick up earthling people. I don't know right. why I don't pick up other type of species, but always yeah. earthlings. Yeah. Whatever. Cause I guess I kind of look like them. That's, that's really what he thinks. Well, I like, I've, I don't know if I've talked to you about it or not, but I like how the doctor is in a need of, of a companion. And it, and it seems, it seems like it's just another written off type character for that person to be there. Like, why would this person go off why would you know why would this older guy who's like what's her name's grandfather go hang out with the doctor yeah and go on adventures why would this why would this girl go off and run off with the doctor and run around space and time and it's more it's more for him with his humanity like i think during uh i want to say it was like the last of the tenet era you really started to see him running around by himself for a little while right after rose left and you kind of you kind of saw like his darkness come out, and yeah. he needs humanity to kind of ground him. Yeah, and it it kind of it kind of makes the viewers kind of like relate more because it's like 
that's why he that's why he does that because you know humanity you know the things he looks in humanity like with hope love all that other stuff he he needs that to kind of like level him out well and that's like and, and looking at like the history of the series which by the way um on hulu and I, i'm sure this was produced by the bbc they have these little half hour like episodes like revisiting the doctors i don't think i could ever go back and watch anything pre-eccleston i just i have something about i, I watched just, it i watched a few and it was it was a little rough yeah and i i hate to disappoint anybody who's like huge who fans that that love like you know the like whovians the whovians yes that love the tom baker and 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 the um uh Esther McCoy, and everybody's got their 12-foot the, scarf. Like, Pete Davison is one yeah. of them. He's the fifth guy, yeah. But, like, um, you know, I, I've went back and I've watched a few, and they just they just didn't hold up enough for me to keep interest. So, yeah, But I also kind of equate that to, like, like the same, like, watching original series Star Trek. Yeah. If no one watched, if, if someone walked into it right now, they probably have a real hard time watching that because it's definitely, right. like, you know, rubber suit of monsters on the set and all this stuff, right? So I could see how people yeah. would be hard to get into that. So, like... I couldn't. I don't think I can go back and watch it. But these little half-hour episodes focused on each doctor, and you got to really learn about like the actor, and then also kind of what the trend was at the time, and also like what famous villains were introduced during their runs, and yeah. kind of like what happened. And it's interesting because the different reactions of the time, well, and the companions pointed out that like the different social changes, how they kind of reflected what was going on at that time when the show was being broadcast. Right. And I like that, and uh, I think. I, want, I can't remember if it was Stephen Moffat or Russell T. Davies that said they were going to stagger out a villain every season that was going to be the main focal point of the season. Kind of like, um, you know, they had their classic villains from from the previous Doctors. You know, you had the Daleks, the Cybermen, the Master. Um, and and then what they did is, is every season is they would have a tie-up to that. Mm-hmm. So, like, the finale was, like, the showdown between the Doctor and the Master. Yeah. So, you know, that was like almost that wasn't it didn't encompass the whole season, but they they breadcrumbed the master throughout the whole season. And then they would do that with the Daleks. Like the first season with Eccleston when they lead it up to the the introduction of the Daleks was kind of like a big thing with yeah. that one Dalek. So. Well, and like uh so the original two companions with uh the original really old cranky doctor, um they there was um they were teachers. And so, like, the whole idea was supposed to be he follows them along, like, they follow him along, and then every episode was supposed to be one was science and then one was history. And it kind of was supposed to bounce back and forth. And then they, like, so I was reading, so the second the second arc, they had nothing written. And someone's like, well, I have this story about these little tiny trash can robots that invade. They're like, yeah, let's just go ahead and do that. Uh-huh. And that was the Daleks. And it was wow. like, they're like, they're like, that's all we have. Let's just make this show happen. And they kind of tripped upon something. And then at that point, they're like, we don't have to do history as history anymore. Let's just kind of mix it all up. And I, I saw a special once on Doctor Who, and it was like going over, you know, obviously its popularity in the United Kingdom is huge, but it was going over the iconic um, images of the show compared to like like Hollywood pop culture. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what, I think they compared actually, I think they compared R2-D2 and C-3PO. And the kids in the UK, there was a much higher percentage that could identify a Dalek versus like c3po <laughs> that makes sense yeah. you know um and then the other thing too is like they like uh i think like a lot of people talked about their reactions to the show because people that now like work on the show grew up watching it right because mm-hmm. that was a big thing and they talked about how scary the show was and how they'd hide behind their couch when the daleks would show up or whenever the ice warriors would show up or the, the cybermen everybody's terrified of the cybermen you know cybermen which, i think are scarier than daleks yeah i, I do too um that's that was, was going to ask you that question i'll just ask you that now Daleks as a whole, they their look they've updated it. 
and it's like these little battle tanks that are like you know they have a little plunger, plunger arm and a little laser arm mm-hmm. and like a little laser eye. Yeah, like is that a scary? Um, is that a scary canister for a bad guy? I don't think it's scary at first, but I think that's part of their allure is they're disarming like that. Because like when you first meet a Dalek, like even when I first first introduced to him, I was just like I knew beforehand the back history of him a little bit. I was yeah. like, okay, these are arch nemesis of Doctor Who, so this thing's got to be a big deal, but it looks goofy as hell. Um, and then like as the series and stuff went on, I'm like, these things are evil. Like and they are, and, and it, it, it just it still feels like though it's like you guys are like this master like race of just wanting to destroy everything, and you're so smart, and you could do all this. Have you thought about making some machines with legs? I don't yeah. know. Like, have you thought about it? Just like- well, they do that a lot with the jokes about how like the stairs are the enemy. They even do that in like the first episode where they show up and and then they, they and, start flying around. Yeah, and like <laughs> I think it's like Mickey and Rose go up a flight of stairs, and then you just see the Dalek like st- like start to hover up and like float, and you're just like, <laughs> oh, well, that ends that. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think that it's just it uh, it's interesting because I mean also when that first came out, like um, there was a real like. It was kind of going from the 50s sci-fi vibe of, like, UFO invaders. Yeah. And then you go well, on to the Cybermen, which were, like, kind of, like, that vibe of, like, technology's coming. And the Cybermen originally were people that kept switching out their body parts to stay alive, and they eventually gave up their humanity. And mm-hmm. now they're a little different than what they were, but it was kind of scary. They're, the Cybermen now are a lot like the Borg. They're very Borg. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And, it's, and like, they, they upgrade, and they fight. They, they can fight through things, and, and yeah. they're cool looking, though. Like, they are. Uh, yeah, I, like the, I, I like the Cybermen angles. I, I always enjoy watching whenever there's Cybermen stuff. Uh, I like the chess game episode with Matt Smith. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, uh, written by um, Neil Gaiman, by the way. That one was Neil Gaiman, too? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Um, that was one of my favorite ones where he was carrying handles around the head. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and uh, uh, there was a couple other ones that I can't remember um, uh, with the Cybermen that I really liked. Well, they're always kind of like, it's just like they're, they're one of those ones that like, even with a single one of them, they're hard to deal with space. Same thing with the Daleks. It's like you get one, they're going to cause some damage. So like when you see a whole bunch of them, you're like, well, then we're all screwed. And very much like the Borg too. Like, you know, even though like the Borg, like one, you could probably deal with a lot of them. You can't. Right. Um, Well, I think the Daleks, well, uh, the one, uh, the one episode where they had the Daleks and the Cybermen fight, I thought that was really cool. Because <laughs> like they kind of were like, "No, screw you! Yeah. No, screw you!" Yeah. yeah, like the side they face off, and like I think it was like the first time ever, and you're you're like, "Whoa!" Like it's like the two big Who villains, and then I think the Cybermen were like, "Hey, we should team up," and then the Daleks were like, "No, one of us equals like fifty of you. You guys are all crap." <laughs> just like, that's how much the Daleks are evil. They're yeah, just like, we, um, we hate everything. <laughs> Um, so do you think, uh, do you equate the, the different doctors to kind of how people will rate different Star Trek captains? Yes. Is that kind of how you would equate that? That's a good, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Cause like everybody has their favorite doctor and I mean like it's, it's really hard for me to pick a favorite doctor between Matt Smith and David Tennant, but I have to go with David Tennant. Um, just because like Matt Smith was a phenomenal doctor, don't get me wrong, but David Tennant had like so much heart poured into that character because he grew up as a child being a huge Doctor Who fan. Yeah. So it was a childhood dream for him to play Doctor Who. Um, I think I told you, I think it was the f- fifth or sixth Doctor. He married his daughter, like the actor's daughter. Yeah. Um, so like he's he's like 
he married into the Doctor Who well, family. I mean, it's funny because like those half hour specials, the first like five or six, a lot of it's just David Tennant talking about how he loves those doctors, and it was kind of yeah. funny. Like then they get to like uh, Eccleston, you don't see David Tennant at all in that episode. I don't know what that was. It was just <laughs> kind of weird, you know, maybe too close, yeah. you know. And he didn't have him in the Matt well, Smith one either, which is odd. Well, Eccleston <laughs> left the show on bad terms. That's why he didn't come when they did Day of the Doctor, that yeah. big culmination with matt smith and, and david Tennant, they really wanted eccleston to be there for that but he wouldn't do it yeah i just i don't know why like people have like it, it, so talking about picking a favorite doctor like mm-hmm. um i've been i'm not struggling because it's like i, I don't think this is a decision a grown man has to make um, <laughs> you know like because i know you can't I, make me pick my favorite well, it's like so in the modern the modern age like there, i've seen four of them i'm starting the capaldi stuff mm-hmm. i've told you repeatedly i really wanted to get to capaldi because he seems like like uh just a cranky old doctor he seems like the rick of doctors oh yeah and i i watched the i, I saw the first episode with him and he referred to himself having as attack eyebrows yeah the attack eyebrows and i, and I love that and i love <laughs> that he kind of you don't really know what's going on in his head like he he is the old so face of of like you just don't know his like he's kind of dangerous versus the more lovable so like you, matt smith so you saw the first capaldi episode yeah i did so the bad guys in that are they not the damn synths from fallout they are like yeah. the, the, the clockwork people? Yeah, like yeah. down to the T, like like I was playing Fallout, I'm like, these totally remind me of, because you could see the parts underneath yeah, some moving. of their holes yeah. and stuff moving, and I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah, so I mean, I I, I just, I don't know, like I, I think about, um, uh, I think about the doctors that, like Eccleston I liked a lot, I feel like he was shortchanged by production, and then also I'm sure, there, like you said, there's some troubles, but he was kind of... He was kind of a scarred individual, so like whenever he actually got an absolute victory, like uh, he was overjoyed because he yeah. seen so much go wrong. I liked him a lot, and also he had a very he had a very big sense of urgency with everything he did. Yeah, and then Tennant just had fun for a while, and then you found out that like you don't you don't upset him because he does have a wrath. Yeah, Tennant was the one you learned he had a dark side. Yeah, um, yeah. and and, that, and he was fun, uh, and then Smith. It's, it's, it's like, it's interesting because they kind of write it into the whole mythos of the show that as he regenerates, it's kind of like whatever's been kind of bubbling underneath will show up in the next regeneration. So I think with um, Smith, it was more like he was kind of young and fun and it's like he almost kind of kept going that route just to be accepted, but he even became more awkward. It was kind of like a weird, like the way he portrayed himself, he was very much like awkward socially mm-hmm. versus like Tennant who was, was cool. Tennant was very cool. Yeah. And always like, always on top of everything. And Smith uh, was Smith always. Smith was cool. <laughs> he had Stetsons and Fezzes and, and bow ties. Yeah. Um, Where's Stetson yeah. now? Stetsons are cool. Bow ties are cool. Um, but then you see with Capaldi, it's like, it's almost like he was tired of putting on the facade of being a young man. Like it almost kind of feels like, yeah, like this is the way to the world now. And I, I know my decisions. I know what I've done. And even if he's not consciously aware of it, this is the face he wants to show people now. Like, so I, it's just interesting that I'm sure they cast the actors because of their potential. And then they find a voice for them based upon how they are. Yeah. And I just, uh, I, I think it's interesting. Like I said, it's a very unique show in the sense that you have like, um, the companions kind of define the era as well. Um, in terms of time, like there was one in one of the, the mid eighties ones, she was a fitness freak and was always drinking carrot juice and always was trying to make the doctor work out. Like that's an odd thing to think about right. now, but that was a big deal at the time. Um, you had, um, liberated, like, 
like empowered women like originally going on like like the third doctor that would challenge him that was very different for the time like very like it's just it's interesting how they are always kind of making a statement about the time in which the doctor lived yeah and i and i don't know like star trek does a lot of social commentary and a lot of the best sci-fi does but this is very it's almost like anti-bond almost anti-james bond where the companions like they they complete the you know the main character were bond he has all his people around him but it's always bond all the time you know like i don't i don't know if that's exactly a good comparison but that's when i think of the other big british export you think of bond yeah and and that's and it's always changing actors too yeah that's true yeah that, that, that i didn't really make that that uh alignment with those those two characters but you're right yeah and they have tech they have they have tech they um well, doctors have a lot of tech he just has a screwdriver and well and he, he has a time machine he can have whatever tech he wants <laughs> he has a he has a, a spaceship that can create rooms and destroy rooms at the at this because it wants to you know yeah. like it's like you want a swimming pool you want three swimming pools it's fine but i think i think another thing too like not just the main villains of the the doctor who series but they they churn out so many good monsters and creatures in that show um, which is, I think is a huge treat, like to see some of the, 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 and that's what doesn't happen anymore. You don't have good, like a lot of shows are good sci-fi, but this is also that kind of like fun, goofy sci-fi, not goofy in a bad way, but there's good monsters. You don't have shows don't have good monsters right. anymore. Not like that, like drive in theater monster vibe. I mean, even if you go as far like the clockwork people, there's, there's been several clockwork people, but those <laughs> are, true. those are always really cool. Um, the adipose, like those, those things were cute, but kind of like dangerous. Menacing, yeah. yeah. Menacing. Um, you know, and then, uh, I'm trying to think what else. Well, you had like, there was the one spider queen lady that was creepy. She was pretty creepy. Um, you've had, there's been always a number of like larger than life things. It's like, this is a planet. It's not a planet. It's a creature. Yeah. You know? And like, um, there was the, the, the David Tennant one, the Satan pit where they, they were drilling, on that that one asteroid near that black hole, yep. it was like something really dark down there too. Like the angels are still probably weeping angels are a new creation with this. Yeah, yeah, they, they're like iconic now of the new Who. The the weeping angels are probably one of by far my favorite Who villains. Um, and they're, they're statues that don't move. That they are they are creatures, but if you don't look at them, then they can operate freely. But otherwise, they will stand still. So it's like that whole like, what's behind me? Oh, it's closer. Oh, it's not moving. Oh, it's closer. Yeah, it's, it, that's really scary. It is, and like how they have to trick it and and to to like to be frozen and and, and everything like that. And then um the silence, like the silence, silence is creepy. They Sil- were real creepy. They that, were creepy looking. That felt like like um it was almost like a weird uh like their tribute to the X Files is like we're going to do something really yeah. creepy. Like X Files, they look like they look like something out of XCOM. Yeah, like that was like perfect. and because they were wearing suits. Like, but they weren't. They were like organic looking. Like they were like almost like they grew into these suits. Yeah. And then the the whole um, like yeah, because the, the silence. Mark- if you look at them, you know who they are. But if you look away, you forget about them completely. It's like it's it, and it's a, it's funny because it's the same way the angels work. Is if it you is. don't look at them, like when you see the silence, like you're just like terrified. You're like, oh my god, that creature scares me. If you turn around to run, your fear goes away because you forgot what you were looking at and that was a good like so it, that's because <laughs> like i remember when they when amy was running from them and like they 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 came up with the whole idea that you'll mark like hash hash marks on your arm yeah and, to show and, that in your body yeah. to show that you've you've seen them and like you see her she's got like a couple marks one one panel and then like 
you're basically in her shoes that she's forgotten so many times and she's walking down a hallway and there's like marks all over her face. She's run out yes, of faces. That's, and that like, was oh very effective. Um, yeah. That was terrifying. Yeah. So like, I, so the reason aside from the whole, like, um, like I, I told everybody that I would do this, so I'm going to get caught up. I want to watch like as much as I can on Netflix. And I think the most recent season isn't available yet on Netflix. When it comes available, I'll watch that too. Yeah. Um, I, I, Doctor Who, I, I, I enjoy it. I do. I don't know, like, it, there's there's times, like, especially in the early Eccleston and, and Tennant stuff where the BBC felt like, or whoever, like, uh, uh, Russell T. Davies felt like, I can't have a scene go by without music playing this entire time. So the music shifts would be really awkward and weird mm. early on where it'd be like, we have to have dramatic music now. Now we have to have goofy music. And it was very, very hard for me to focus because it was constantly all the time, all the time, all the time. Yeah. It's gotten better recently, but it still kind of does that. Um, it's hard... Like, I I don't know. Like, I guess I love harder sci-fi. Like, I but it's this it sounds weird because like Battlestar, I'd say it's a hard sci-fi, but it also has like, oh, love can solve everything, which is like that always is like Doctor Who's answer is like, hug me a lot, and then everything will be okay. Um, is Doctor Who sci-fi? Like, oh, yeah. it, like as what? in like, like no, I mean it, it feels is it is How it sci-fi? Is it more like fantasy that happens to have science involved? No, it's science fiction all the way. Yeah, even oh, yeah. like because they never ever explain how anything works other than I'm going to scan something with my screwdriver that doesn't. They drive don't screws. explain how anything works in Star Wars half the time. Yeah, but I mean, okay, so then <laughs> that's true. Um, would you put that in the same kind of boat? Because Star Wars wants you to believe that this rough and tumble world where there's like you know rust around the edges, but yet people can like have light swords and, yeah. and throw people with their mind. The thing about Star Wars is it's sci-fi fantasy. That's what Doctor Who falls into. Star Trek straight up sci-fi. <laughs> so I Battlestar is straight up sci-fi. I would call I would call Star Wars, um, you know, sci-fi fantasy. I would call Doctor Who fantasy sci-fi. I think that would be because mm, nah, that's fair enough. Yeah, because there's just times where it's like you you didn't have an answer here. So oh look, I'm just going to press this button <laughs> and it all goes away. It's very and there's been so many resets in the show because you're talking about being very clever. It yeah. always has to have that whole, like I'm witty and I'm going to figure this out now. And mm-hmm. that like, there's, there's not always a big sense of, um, of stake to me. Cause it's just like, it well, it's the be... same Superman thing we were talking about. Yeah. There's no true. sense of stake with Superman, but the fun part about the doctor is he, he, there is mortal danger because you, you're worried about either, I mean, he could die and regenerate, but then everybody in London could die because apparently London's the only thing that gets in trouble. And then, <laughs> yeah. well, no, the world gets in trouble a lot. He saves the wor- the whole world a lot, but it's done from London. Um, it's a BBC show. You can't get away from that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, but like, it's it's fun to see him get there. That's It's the journey. Well, I think there's more moral stakes because of the companions. I think that's where you get your mortal, because it's like the show has shown well, before that it's not afraid to off a companion at when you don't expect it. Yeah. Like, and then, but the um, companions are there for you to be the viewer through the eyes. Like you almost, they're almost kind of your guide into the doctor's world. You're, that's true. I mean, in, 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 the, in the modern setting, it's always been someone from the current time. I was watching and learning about like the previous doctors. He has pulled people from the distant past. Like there was a Scottish Highlander. He had traveling with him for a bit. Yeah. He's had people from the future. He's had people from other planets. Yeah. And it just makes me wonder where they're going to play that card again. They should play that card again. I think it'd be fun. Like I, there's, there's a guy currently on the show. I don't know what's going on with the recent season. That guy Strax, he's a Centauran. He's a potato guy. He looks like a potato. Yeah. He's like my favorite character. Cause he's like this warrior race, but he's a butler yeah. and nurse. So he's always being really nice, but he's always threatening. He's a combat people. medic, isn't he? Yeah. He yeah. Feel, he, he feels like something out of Futurama and I love it. That's like, true. He does because he's, <laughs> 
Because the other Suntarans are completely like militaristic, very Spartan-like. But Strax, because he's like a combat medic, he's still he's still a, a warrior, and he has the warrior's pride of the Suntarans. But he's also very like much a caregiver. <laughs> Yeah, so he he, he, he kind of has a soft side. So there's usually always funny, funny stuff with him. Yeah, so I, I enjoy that. So um, I I was I also just want to point out that like it's it's interesting in the fact that it is, is a unique show that can constantly it can change its dynamics, not just from episode to episode. A lot of shows do that, and there's something I want to I want to pitch to Joe here at the end of the show to challenge him for next week in regards to shows that change dynamics. Um, but again, it's like it's that Bond thing where it's like this show is already pre baked in. Like, hey. This actor playing this part, you all know he's not going to be here forever, but we're going to make you excited for the next guy. What other show can get away with that? Like, it's because you think about the shows that have major, like, main character cast changes, and they don't always make the transition, you know, like, in terms of... Not a Because the show, show does kind of change its skin every so often, because that's kind of the theme of the show. It, it is, but I think that that's proved time after time that it works. Because if it would have failed and fell flat on its face, they, they wouldn't have kept doing it, and they can't keep doing it. Because there's no real show out there. Because there's shows that have been out on TV for a long time. But unfortunately, a lot of them are actually cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I'm trying to think of something that's live action that has been on the air for, like, a really long time. Well, I mean, okay, so, like, I said Magnum earlier as a joke, but, like, let's say that, like, you had Magnum one for five seasons, and they're like, hey, by the way, um, you know. I think Star Trek would be a good example, because Star Trek tends to run a lot of seasons. Yeah, but I'm talking, like, you actually have the character of Magnum, you have Tom Selleck step away, and you're like, oh, by the way, we're bringing in, um, we're bringing in uh, Gary Busey to be be Magnum. Everyone's like, okay, we're cool with that. Oh, my God, I'd watch that. Uh, You know, know, (laughs) I want that to happen now. We're making shows. (laughs) We're making shows again. This is like, this is. You know, but just think about it though, or it's like you had like you know, um, like early Steven Seagal is now Magnum. Like, oh. what, like how would you feel about just, like that as a show? I like, don't know. You would, be, you would not be watching that. You'd be I like, can't answer this, this question. Like, I need the question of who's going to play Higgins. <laughs> Gary Busey is Magnum. Oh, who's Higgins? Higgins from the eighties. Who would be Higgins? Well, Gary Busey. You got uh, Gary Busey from the eighties, but then you know what? You're going to put Nick Nolte as Higgins because I want to see yes. Gary Busey and oh. Nick Nolte together. Oh. That's what I want. Oh, um, they, oh, I keep stepping on that cord. I know. I don't know. I'm going to lasso you in with my long, my long why mic cord. Are, why are these mic cords this long? Because I didn't know when I bought this, this equipment. This table's only like four feet long. Yeah, it's 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 smaller on the outside. I don't know. Um, I bought these cables thinking that maybe I might have to stretch them great distances, and I did not. I don't know where this goes. So I don't know. Anyway, I'm but yeah, you want Nick Nolte, Gary Nick Busey. Nolte, and Gary Busey, Higgins and, and Magnum. Yes, I want that to happen, right? Yep. So, but like, because you think about that, like, um, even when you have like minor character changes, like even even in Cheers when you had Coach because he died, and you bring in Woody Harrelson, like there that was a big deal at the time, and then yeah. people kind of bought it, and people were okay with it. But he was a he was a side character, not the main character. Like when Diane went away, right. like that was a big deal, but they were able to ma- manage it because of the greater cast. Like I don't know, like I don't know, just it it this is a really weird DNA. Like no no show pun intended that it can get away with saying, hey, this is the same character, but now he's just kind of ornery. But before he was kind of goofy. But before he was kind of cool. And before that, he was Chris Eccleston and doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, it just seems like it's just a weird, I, I just think they've built up so much good faith that they can do whatever. You know, well, within reason, I guess. Like, because, yeah. I mean, so now you got Capaldi. Okay. Like, who would you want to see? Um, what would you want to see next for the doctor? I'd want to see a female doctor. Yeah. And people have talked about that. There's something in the new season that I know about. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but they do play. I already know. Oh, you do? Yeah, I read about it. I thought that was a cool way. I thought, you know what that is, though? That's testing the waters. Yeah. That was totally testing the waters to make the master a woman. 
Yeah, like um, everyone was talking. Like, there's been this rumors of like Haley Atwell. They asked if like she'd be the doctor. Yeah, she, she's I, re- like, I heard that. She's like in a heartbeat, and I would love I Peggy would, Carter. I think that would be cool. That'd be so much fun because she's already proven that she can carry a show with some comedic chops. Yes, and have some like you know gravitas around her and be taken seriously. It would be so badass to and, have her be the doctor. And I feel like like her playing Peggy Carter, like she would be witty enough to be the doctor, mm-hmm. but kind of make it her own. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I just what what about what about Idris Elba as the doctor? Would that be the scariest mm. thing ever? He would just show up and just destroy people, and then go back in his box and go <laughs> away. I would love it. Idris Elba, everybody, but Idris Elba, everybody's like campaigning for Idris Elba to be Bond, which I agree with. Uh, that too, that's fine. Make him Sherlock, make him everything. I don't care. <laughs> He's Bond, uh, Sherlock, Sherlock, and Doctor and Who. Doctor. I don't care. All at once, that'd be amazing. Like, he goes around the TARDIS in a tuxedo, and he's got the Sherlock hat. Yeah, right. Oh, I'd and then he opens the doors, heartbeat. and then like a cool car flies out of yeah. it. I don't know. Like that'd be badass. Talking like, Q. Yeah, I just like 007, you know, <laughs> Sonic screwdriver is functioning. Damn right. Like. <laughs> Um, no, I think it'd be interesting. I also would, I wouldn't mind seeing just like them calling a different direction casting. Like in terms, like, I think Capaldi was was pushing that a little bit because it went um, back to more the traditional older Doctor. Because th- up until the fifth one, well, even even uh, I guess uh, uh, what's that, what's his name? The fourth one, um, scarf guy, um, Tom hey, Baker. Tom Baker. He was a little older, but not like, but he wasn't. He wasn't the oldest one. Yeah. Like you know, like, well, like I think like when they rebooted it, like Eccleston was like in his forties. And then t- uh, Tennant was in his 30s, I think. And then you get Matt Smith. He was 26. Yeah. I think he was 26. He's the right? youngest doctor ever. Yeah. So, and I think, but like with Matt Smith, it, it pulled in that audience because it was a little more relatable. And I think they felt safer going back to Capaldi's age because I think they wanted to either get back to some roots and kind of just be like, well, this is kind of the doctor as an older gentleman. So... I'm really, I'm always interested to see who the new doctor is going to be, mm-hmm. you know, so. And, and like, and also they, they do update, like, I know the TARDIS interior changes kind of with each yeah. doctor too, and they make that like a big deal. And then the sonic screwdriver changes it a little bit changes, too. Yeah. And that's kind of iconic as well. Which I and, think is yeah. cool because like your doctor, it, 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 it does it. It's like your, it's your custom doctor. So if you, it's like, if you like Matt Smith stuff, not David Tennant stuff. So, yeah. So I, I just don't know if I have a favorite doctor. Like, I think I kind of like what I've seen of all of them. Yeah. Um, and I just, I think I like Capaldi and his attack eyebrows. So we'll find out like the beginning of that episode, he was crazy hobo doctor. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> like he's just reveling around trash, but, but they're all that way. Like whenever they first start out, like Matt Smith wasn't as bad, but I remember when Tenet regenerated and they were running him around Christmas with him. Like and he was, was wearing pajamas. And yeah, like, yeah. He, he was just like, I don't know what's going on. And I'm just like, who is this guy? He's a mess. <laughs> And then, like, when Matt Smith popped up and he's just like, I just want to eat fish sticks and custard. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on now. Yeah. Like, so, and I think it's funny because we talked about companions and um, uh, with uh, Legends of Tomorrow. So, who is um, your favorite companion? My favorite companion? Yeah. I think oh, we agree the same. I, um, just straight up because I, I, I loved her, it was um, Catherine Tate as Donna. Yeah. Like, she was my favorite. Because she, they were, there was no romantic entanglement. Yeah. Um, it was just like, you know, like we butt heads, but at the same time, it's like there's a mutual respect, and I think he respected her because he she sought him back out because mm-hmm. he had offered her, and she's like, no, I just want to go get married and or whatever, and like she's like, I want to live my life, just go away in your little blue box. Yeah, and she was the one that actually kind of gave him shit. Like, well, I guess there was a lot of like backlash in the UK because like Catherine Tate is like such a like. I don't want to say they're not famous comedian, but she's very like very silly, very like. Well, she had her own sketch show. She, and she did, yeah. 
And like everybody couldn't believe that she was going to be a companion. So I think that first attempt was like, you know, the backlash. And then they brought her back. Because I remember a lot of people were like, no, she can't be a doctor companion. And I was just like, I, Donna's by far my favorite doctor companion. Yeah. And I don't, they give her, they give her so much to do. And she's just kind of ornery. And like, and then when and, she becomes a doctor, Donna, yeah, I, that the, was like, that was awesome. I would wish there would have had more episodes with that just as like a small time. Yeah. Cause she was already at being a comedian. She was already kind of witty enough to like chop, you know, go, you know, head to head with him about some stuff. But you realize though, like in the modern era, like almost every companion, like it ends badly. Yeah, well, like when it he does. says goodbye, like I think, um, I think Martha was the only one. That Martha she was, was, yeah, she was the she only one who stepped away on her own. Like, which it's funny with Martha. Do you remember the initial episode with Martha? Martha when they go to the moon, yeah, with the Jadoon. Yeah, the big and rhino guys. The big rhino guys. The only reason that I don't want to say the only reason that it got written, but the major reason that episode got written is because David Tennant has a hard time pronouncing "oon," <laughs> and the writers of the show specifically wrote that episode to mess with him because he would have to say the Jadoon on the moon. moon. That's funny. I, I enjoy that a great deal. Um, so, I mean, you, you said you got people, like you're trying to get people to watch the mm-hmm. show, and I kind of want to put, a, I guess, to put I a I got a lot this. of people. Like, I got, it was funny. My one buddy, my one buddy found it on his own, and it was like, oh, cool, we can talk about Doctor Who. And then two of my buddies, uh, like, one of both of them were just kind of like, ah, maybe I'll check it out. And they watched, like, the Exos and stuff, and they were just like, eh. You know, mm-hmm. and and then uh, eventually my other friend just decided to pick it up because he didn't have anything else to watch, and then now he's in love with it. So <laughs> well, and then and also uh, this is my recommendation is that it, not that you have to like struggle through, but but I felt like I did because there was quite a while there I kind of watched that Eccleston stuff on and off, and then the you know the tenant stuff. It, you know, I kind of would here and there, but then Matt Smith, I just crushed all three of those seasons yeah. real fast. But I also think one production values went up. It actually got bigger in scope, like it got to be a lot more event like fun like there's dinosaurs on a spaceship i'm going to the old west here's a pirate ship that stuff didn't happen previous it was always like here's britain here's future britain here's britain in the past right and here's new york that's clearly a backdrop that is britain like it was like always like it was very you know like we're on the moon but this this building was taken from britain like the the dinosaurs on a spaceship episode i was just like this is a perfect doctor who episode like yeah Dinosaur and even Matt Smith when they that triceratops comes running and he gets so excited and they're like, Okay, come on and he's like, No, there's dinosaurs on a spaceship. Yeah. So uh I think that my recommendation would be like because I think that they kinda got their I think the when they brought it back, it made sense because it had did it did go away in the late eighties, early nineties, because it was just not it just kinda kinda petered out, people weren't interested. I think bringing it, modernizing it, Eccleston was a good choice because he was kind of a little, little dark and a little bit more not edgy. I hate using that word, but it was well, like even he, his, his he outfit. was guarded. He was very guarded. Well, even his outfit, like the way that their outfits changed, like like Eccleston was like black pants, black leather jacket, like like it was like a purple t shirt, yeah, like a very very non doctor conformed outfit. And then you go to Tenant, and Tenant's got the the the, the con- pinstripe suits, the pinstripe suits with the Chuck Taylors and the trench coat, yeah. Um, and then Matt Smith goes to the bow tie with with you know the, the tweed jacket, the tweed jacket. Um, and it, it's just like I like how their styles change too, and they always do that when they regenerate. They go through their wardrobe and they like you see clothes <laughs> flying. Nope, nope, not gonna wear this. So I think they even maybe made a scarf joke once. I don't remember. They, they did with Capaldi. He's like, he's like, I'm cold. I should get a scarf. And he stops. He's like, no, those are stupid. And he goes around <laughs> digging through the trash still because he's crazy hobo doctor at the time. Yeah. No, but it's like I feel like that was the right move at the time. And um, but now it's like since the the show did change hands into Stephen Moffat's hands, 
Uh, even though I do feel like he does rely on the fantastic sometimes and good and bad, mm-hmm. um, I feel like it's much more of a grand adventure now, and I think that that is definitely worth the watch. And and now especially they they went to the they, they went to the U.S. Old West. They um, you know the, the submarine episode that was like they're now it's like it's a time travel show. Let's just go. Let's go someplace Space else. Space and time. Yeah, and it's go like they're anywhere. actually starting to kind of flex their muscles a little bit, and that's what makes me excited. Like uh, when they ended up trying to kill Hitler, like that was that was fun. Oh, with and, River. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which I love. River is one of my favorite characters too. So yeah, that's that's another. That's just kind of a that's a whole other box of cats. That is a whole yeah. other box of cats. So, too, so. Um, I was There's too much, too much for one cast. Maybe we'll do another Doctor Who cast in the future after we've watched. But a then Joe seasons. and I will change clothes. <laughs> and we'll have different attitudes the entire we'll regenerate. time. The next Doctor Who cast will have completely different voices. <laughs> so I was just going to mention here real quick, because I, I mentioned the, the love of American sci-fi and Glenn Larson. Mm-hmm. Glenn Larson was behind creating Quantum Leap. And it feels like Quantum Leap wouldn't exist without Doctor Who. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Quantum Leap's like my favorite show of all time. Mm-hmm. So, so it's just kind of like, I, that's why I try to convince myself, I'm like, I love Quantum Leap. Where it's a guy who's always in different times, like taking on different roles. And he has a companion that always knows what's going to happen, kind of. And it's like they're always kind of trying to work through time, but time's kind of fickle. Like, it's, oh, why can't we have more Quantum Leap? That's really, I want, that's a show that you could have a different Leaper. Like, you, that's one that could do the same thing where you don't have to have Sam, even though Sam's great. You could switch out the, like, you I could. I don't know, though. I don't know, though. I don't want to get into this now. But <sighs> Quantum Leap, I think you would need the same Leaper. Because you, you get attached to that Leaper, and you're invested. It's not so much the story that they're going through. It's like... You know what Sam's been through. He's going through it again. You just want him to get done with leaping. Okay, so what if it was Gary Busey as the leaper? Oh, I watch it. And Nick Nolte is the, the owl part. Like, I, it's, it's just him telling Gary Busey how to get through time. But it's I, like, don't ride that motorcycle, Gary Busey. Don't do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Into a wall. Yeah. And then, and then Nick up, Nolte's and like, oh, Gary, you just killed him. <laughs> So then he um, leaps into another guy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, like, let us know on our Facebook page, our, our Twitter, uh, which is Evading Podcast, our, our uh, email address, uh, Evading Podcast Gmail, and Evasion of the Podcast on Facebook. If you guys have a favorite doctor, uh, favorite episode, favorite monster, because I'm sure there's plenty we did not mention. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of monsters. Yeah, a lot of monsters, and then also favorite episodes. We didn't even get to like, like I think like the Tenant I, Water of Mars episodes, like one of my favorite episodes of the Tenant era. Uh, I um, think my favorite episode is actually the. Doctor also dances with Eccleston with the with the kid with the gas mask. Yeah, are you my mommy? Are you my mommy? Yeah, that was creepy. Which they did a, a there was an episode with Matt Smith or Tenet, I think where it was he, it was Tenet where Tenet, he was wearing a gas mask. If somebody had a gas mask and it was in World War Two and he looks at him and he's like, "Are you my mommy?" And he's like, "What?" And he's like, "Nothing, never mind." Yeah. Um, so and then also the world with the worlds of tomorrow, no, with legends of tomorrow, you got Arthur Darville who was a companion. He was Rory. He's playing a time traveler with the ship. And he's Rip Hunter. Go, yeah. And I think that's funny because the CW shows have a lot of Doctor Who connections because you got John Barrowman who we didn't even get into Captain Jack Harkness. He's on Arrow. Oh, I feel so bad now. Yeah, and then you got River, who, Alex Kingston. She was, was uh, she, Laurel's mom. She plays Laurel's mom. And so it's like you got a lot of really weird Doctor Who crossover into this stuff. But the fact that there was a time traveling companion that is now a head time traveler, I feel like he's graduated onto like Time Lord status. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey guys, I got it. I got it. It's cool, you know. So, um, anyway, so we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye to the TARDIS for now. There, it was a quick target run. Parking brake still on. Yeah, parking brake still on. And now we're gonna we're gonna play this the, this awesome uh, game that Joe has prepared. <laughs> Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs>
I'm waiting for Triple H to break in here and kind of beat us up for using his. And he'd be wearing like shitty Terminator armor, like <laughs> yeah. like, like at SummerSlam oh, or it was uh, WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, which uh, Royal Rumble's Sunday? Oh, yeah. Um. Mm. All right. So I came up with this game for Paul. So we're gonna we're gonna do some interviews, okay. and I have some uh, quote unquote resumes. They're not full resumes because I don't have that kind of time to type up like nine resumes for fictitious characters. <laughs> I like, did. Have you been looking for a job? No, but I told the kid. Yeah, I, I kind of do, but but I also wanted to be a little bit cryptic. So Paul may or may not know who this is. Okay. Based on the description that I give him, so I want to see. So uh, Paul came up with was it six jobs? Yes. Six jobs that he needs filled. I should have put down Time Lord as one of them, but I did not. <laughs> that would have been perfect. Um. Uh, that would have been funny, and then I will I will read off three resumes, um, and I will uh, Paul will pick who he thinks is the best uh, person for the job. Okay, so the first one we'll we'll start something basic here. I have a, a bar bouncer. So a bar bouncer. All right. So the first resume, and you can I don't know if you want to write notes if it'll help you remember, but I'll. So this resume this this individual is very driven. They get to the bottom of things. Um, they have a hobby of collecting buttons, um, hmm. and then everybody everybody sees something in them. Now, there are some drawbacks from the interview. Okay. Okay, I'm going to give you, there's going to be some positives and negatives about each of these individuals, and the negatives may w- work for you. Uh, the negatives is a very mysterious individual, um, has a, v- a little bit of a violent streak, and they don't work well with others. Okay? Hmm. So that was the first interview, okay? Okay. Um. And then the second one... I feel like the collects buttons part, I should know who this is, but I cannot. Yeah. Do, yeah. All right. Equal opportunity. Equal <laughs> opportunity, though. Uh, the second one is um, well-versed in many archaic weapons. Uh, this person is also very driven. Um, they're, very, they're very green. They conserve energy. <laughs> um, uh, they love a good roast, so maybe cooking. Uh, and then they also enjoy Valentine's Day. So okay. Uh, now the drawbacks is this person has a little. They're a little bit haunted. Um, uh, they only work the third shift. So if it's a, <coughs> it's bar bouncing. It's got to be at night. Yeah. Uh, and then they're also very bad at recognizing patterns. Okay. So. Wow. Right. These are these are some interesting resumes. Yeah. I, like I yeah you got me intrigued. Okay. Um, and then we've got. Uh, well, one second. Let's go with that page. Hold on. Da, 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 da. All right, we'll do this one. So, uh, this person likes to travel. Uh, they have sales experience, and they have some background in auto parts. <laughs> now, negatives—they're known to be clumsy, um, <laughs> and then uh, they don't do very well with like work uniforms. Okay, I think I know so, who this one is. <laughs> so now, one positive is they do have eight years of college experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, those right. are those are your three candidates for your what is it bar, bar bouncing position? Yeah, right. um, Joe Joe also told me not to to name these yeah. if I know who they are. So okay, okay. I only know one of them. Um, I think oh, I'm tied between the first one and the second one because the first one doesn't get along well with others, but the third one can only work third shift, and I think that's important for a job. And they know weapons. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with that second person. I think so you go the second person. Yeah. So you hired Simon Belmont. Nice. So that's perfect. <laughs> He's well versed with archaic weapons because he does have. He's very driven. He always wants to kill Dracula. He he he's very green. He turn he turns out all the lights. Yes. So he hates candles. 
Uh, he loves a good roast, and he enjoys Valentine's Day because he collects hearts. <laughs> he loves a good roast. And, yes. he's, and he's bad at recognizing patterns because that's what knocks him in all the fucking damn pits. <laughs> um, okay, so next job. Okay, I have... Um, well, who's, who's the one that you thought you knew? Um, the third one? Yeah. Oh, so we're going to eliminate them as we go along? Yeah, we'll okay. eliminate the we'll, we'll eliminate the uh, the third one since you think you figured it out. It's, it's, it's Tommy Callahan it is from Tommy Time Ca- Boy. It is Tommy Callahan. Oh, okay. So. I was um, trying to think of a way to put some of this stuff. I should have put college, eight years of college, so he's got a good education. Yes, that would be great. Not quite. Um, okay, so the next job I have here is a taste tester. Taste tester. Okay. Yeah. So this first interviewee, um, they're very tech-oriented, okay? They have strong problem-solving skills. Um, they work very well on solo projects. Uh, they're also very family-oriented. Um, now the negatives, uh, they, they do have a bit of a drinking problem and they also have problems with authority. Hmm. Uh, I'm not going to do that one because it's too easy. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Uh, so this other person has a background in bioscience. Um, they're extremely efficient. They have extremely efficient team management, uh, skills. Okay. Um, they don't need any type of health insurance. So that was one thing that they said that the, if, if it could help their salary, if you could remove health insurance, you don't have to worry about the benefits. Um, and they're extremely innovative. Now, negatives, um, they are left-handed, and um, they have bad parenting skills. <laughs> I, so, I don't know what that is, but it's going to be funny when it comes up. So, all right. And then let's do... All right, we'll do this one. This next candidate. Oh, wait, I know who that second one is now. Dude. All right, yeah. Okay. Anyway. The next candidate has great hair. Uh, they get the job done, okay? Um, works well with a partner. Uh, they have a martial arts background. Uh, somewhat of a ladies' man. And the negatives are quite a loose cannon, and they're getting kind of old. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, just uh, man, you know what? I'm gonna say, even though I know who the second one is, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it to the taste tester to to Mr. Darth Vader. Oh, it was not it's not Vader. It's who the, the second one? one? Yeah, that's not Darth Vader. Hand, is not, that, a par- not a parent. Not a very good at parenting. Is that is that who you pick? Is the second candidate? Yeah, the second. That was Mr. Sinister. Oh, okay. I really thought you the one hand and not a good parent. I totally thought that was Darth he's Vader. Left, he's left-handed. Oh, he, he doesn't okay. have one hand. He has left. Well, then you know, hand. like he, I'm sure everything he's picked. This tastes sinister. It's very innovative. Yeah. X Men villain right there that you may not ever see in a movie because <laughs> it'd be too weird. All right. So, what's your next job? Um garbage person garbage person okay so this next candidate uh qualities they are very loyal um they have experience in research and retrieval Hmm. um they're able to haul heavy loads well yeah i almost kind of want to hire this person right Um, now now negatives and this could be a positive they're not very talkative um they're easily distractive and they're very dependent on others Hmm. so um Let's see here. Okay. Uh, we'll do this one here. So the, the second candidate, they like to take risks. Uh, they will not stop working until the job is done. Um, they have a background in stunt work. Uh, and they're very good at holding people accountable. Hmm. Uh, one of the negatives is they can be kind of hot-headed 
and they also have a staring problem. So, hmm. hmm. Yeah, it's a. <laughs> okay, yeah, got me. All right. Uh, all right. So this person, uh, they have a they have a writing background. Uh, they're positive. They're very very good best friend material. Um, they can be a voice of reason at times. Um, they're good with kids. Uh, and they've also done a little bit of background performing in musicals. Now, some of the negatives is they can be overly liberal and a little preachy. Wow. I, I didn't mean to hand you my resume there. That was a so. bit weird. Um, <laughs> I'll go with the candidate number one. Number they can, they one. Can haul a lot. So you hauled, you hired dog meat from yes. Fallout Yes. So I love it. He's easily distracted. Dog meat is easily distracted, and uh, he's... <laughs> He's very dependent on others, and he's not talking of it all. That's true. <laughs> and he's good at retrieving things. He would be a good garbage person. He might just eat it all, though. All right. So let's see. Who haven't we done? Okay. I'll do these here. So what do you got next? Okay. Uh, how many? Like, I mean, I got a couple more jobs, but I can. How many jobs them. you got there? I had six, and we've done three. So I don't know how many. Like, you're, you know, you have a, you have a number of resumes there. So yeah. Um, I'll do I'll do the one I've been wanting to get to here. It's wacky morning DJ. Wacky morning DJ. Yes. All right. So this candidate is a hard worker. Uh, they like to share. Um, hobbies include running. Um, they also have past experience in fishing. Uh, and they're also a, a war hero. They have that on their um, resume. Negatives, sometimes they're a little aloof, and they also tell too many stories. They're quite talkative. <laughs> so. I think I knew who that is. Um, right. The next candidate... Uh, Positive qualities, they are a very loyal person. Um, they have a background and experience in investigation. Uh, they're also a food buff, very knowledgeable about cooking and foods. Um, negatives is they're a little insecure at times, and they're also very clingy. Hmm. So. <laughs> all right. Do this one Watch, here. I'll get all three of these wrong. Like, I'll be <laughs> like, I think I know who they are. All right. Um, next candidate here, they're very driven. Uh, once they put their mind to it, they succeed at what they do. Um, they climb whatever ladder or mountain is in their way. Uh, they have a quick reaction time, and no task is too big for them. Hmm. Uh, now, some negatives. They have anger issues. Uh, rather grumpy, and they're not a team player. Hmm. Um, that's just a little vague. but Yeah, the first one that's a fisherman, I'm going to guess that's Quint from Jaws. Well, uh, the fisherman? Yeah. Actually, it's Forrest Gump. Oh, it's Forrest Gump? Yeah. So, Oh, you know, Forrest, he'd, be, he'd be a fun morning DJ. Yeah. Wouldn't be wacky. He'd just be very straightforward. I don't know if that's a good hire. Oh. I don't know if that's a good hire. <laughs> <laughs> so let me see. Is there anybody that I didn't do? Because uh, we could do your other jobs, and if you want me to read somebody off, we, um, we could do yeah, I think, more. I mean, I just want to figure out the people that you... you okay, so you yeah. want to... You, do you want to take a stab at someone? Oh, I don't know. Like so, a, yeah. Okay, here, I'll reread them. So very techy. Strong problem-solving skills, works well on solo projects, family-oriented, bit of a drinking problem, and they have problems with authority. Is that Tony Stark? No, it's Rick Sanchez. <laughs> oh, I should have known that. Okay. Has a catchphrase of wubba-lubba-dub-dub. See, I don't want to give any like, like yeah. red lights. <laughs> Loses uh, nephews often, possibly. So, okay, here's this one. All right, very loyal, experienced in investigation. They're a food buff, insecure at times, and very clean. I was going to say Shaggy, but that's not right. Shaggy? No, yeah. it's uh, Charles Boyle from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so. that, you're right. 
Uh, but you wrote it, so of course you'd be right. Like that's correct, Joe. Like, <laughs> yes, that is what it says on my paper. Uh, all right, and then this one likes to take risks, won't stop till the job is done. Background in stunt work, holds people accountable, but little hot-headed, and they have a staring problem. See, the staring problems was throwing me off. I want to say Johnny Storm. You're close. Yeah, Ghost Rider. Oh, there we go. Yes, pen and stare. Yes, <laughs> Johnny Blaze. Johnny Blaze. Um. Oh, you didn't get this one either. Great hair, works well with a partner, martial arts background, ladies' man, gets a job done, loose cannon, and they're getting old. Well, I was going to say, is that um, is that Mel Gibson from Perfect Weapon? It is. It, Perfect, Perfect Weapon. weapon. Yeah. It is Martin Riggs. And that's yeah. not Perfect Weapon. It's a Lethal Weapon. Lethal yeah. Weapon. All right. And then I was going to say Murtaugh, but I'm glad that Murtaugh. I picked that. Riggs. Getting too old for this shit. <laughs> uh, all right. Writing background can be a voice of reason. Good best friend material. Perform musicals. Good with babies. Uh, can be overly liberal, liberal and preachy. That I don't think. That's Brian Griffin. <laughs> that would have been a good yeah. daycare hire. That would have been. Um, all right, very driven. This one's kind of. This was kind of tough. Puts his mind to it when he succeeds. Uh, climbs wherever ladder or mountain is in their way. Quick reaction time. No task too big. Anger issues. They're grumpy. They're not a team player. Mm. Nothing. The Hulk. Kratos. Kratos. Oh, shoot. Quick reaction time. You should have been like active atheist. No no task too big. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Climbs whatever mountain. Yes. Uh, All right. Last one. Uh, Very driven. Gets to the bottom of things. Collects buttons. Everyone sees something in him. Mysterious, violent, and they don't work well with others. See that? The buttons thing. I don't know. Rorschach. Oh, shoot. I should have known that. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone sees something in them. That's true. They do. Yeah. That was fun. So that was the uh, uh, celebrity the, celebrity interviews. Yeah. The other jobs I had, I just wasn't sure how I was going to go. I had a lawyer um, and plastic surgeon was the other two that I had. <laughs> Kratos I, like, have been a good plastic surgeon. Yeah. Or, or so, uh, Rorschach. <laughs> yeah. We'll have, to, we'll have to do that games again. I'll have to come up with like like a little bit more so we have a few more to work with. Um, so that was fun. I think that'd be fun. Maybe, maybe we should do that for like Valentine's Day. Have some like, uh, we'll do like a OK Cupid. We, for, yeah, we could do like a, the dating game. Yeah, I think it'd like be Bachelor fun. Number One. Yes, yeah. I think that'd be fun. It's all uh, Rorschach. Yeah, it's all like, Rorschach. Like, it's like, what would you do for the night out? Like, I'd probably just go to back alley and just uh, deliver justice, beat people up <laughs> until I couldn't feel my hands anymore. <laughs> <laughs> just tie some people to some stoves, see what happens. You know, it's a fun, and then go Dutch. <laughs> because <laughs> like, you know I can't afford I can't afford it otherwise um, alright so my quick challenge yeah. to Joe um, and I know we talked about this in passing off the air um, this week uh, is going to be the X-Files like revival like they're bringing it back like they're the yeah. new and I know you said you're not the biggest X-Files person my challenge to you like I would really like to talk about some X-Files next week okay because I think it's also a good show that has some like ups and downs and some good not ups and downs I mean yeah it does creatively I guess but it can be a couple of different animals it, it, it always just so, it is monster of the week but there are funny episodes there are serious episodes so wait you want me to watch the, the new X-Files or the old X-Files well you can watch the new one as well so we could talk about it but i think if i give you like a list or like three or four episodes through like you know the series like i think there's some good ones to hit up where like, is it at it's on netflix oh the whole series is on netflix, on netflix. Okay. yeah because there's one that is um and a lot of there's a lot of it's written by um vince uh gilligan so you know like you love the breaking bad mm-hmm. there's one um episode that's told from both scully and Mulder's perspectives about what happens 
and it's funny to see like what they interpret is actually going on. And Luke Wilson plays a local like hick sheriff, and how one really is like thinking he's the you know handsome, and the other one thinks he's just like a buffoon. It's 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 really funny. It's Vince Gilligan. So um, I want to give you some episodes. Maybe we could talk about it because I I just thought maybe you would have known more about the X Files, but you know, <laughs> like, I'm so disappointed. I am. You know, like <laughs> damn it, Joe. Yeah. Like I am familiar with X Files. I know you know the premise. characters and the premise. I've probably watched like three episodes of the X Files. So maybe if I give you like a short crib list, like because they're pretty easy episodes to yeah, watch. I could do that. Yeah. Um, so maybe maybe like I want to talk about X Files next week. We'll see how that goes. So anyway, hit us up on our various social medias. It would be greatly appreciated. Um, we tried using a catchphrase last week of "We're going to get you." I don't know if that's really a good one to yeah, end on. That might. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think I think some people called the cops. Yeah, so um, we'll see you next week, and we we may not get you this time, but we'll get you next time. Haha, ha, we used it.